God bless you. Good to see you all out. Children, you're dismissed. Most of them help help themselves. Amen. But that's it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how some of y'all come to Sunday school in the morning. I see out the window. I see out there. And now they're ready. I said, hey, get ready. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go to Psalm 34, we want to continue. It's part two of a message we began last week, and Lord willing, we'll finish it next week. Greetings to all our, our guests. Good to have you with us. God bless you as you worship the Lord with us. Talking about silver linings or advantages in adversity, and this is part two. And we start out with Psalm 34 and verse 19. Just give us a few verses. Many of us have this memorized in the NIV, uh, in the King James, but here it is in the NIV. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Oh, how do many of us know it? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And then we go to the words of Jesus. And we're doing this series, this short series, because you don't really have to be a, a, a prophet to know that in this coming year, every one of us will face some obstacles and some oppositions in this walk of faith. And we are a blessed people to have a Bible, the Word of God, which instructs us and gives us principles and promises on how to face them properly and productively. Because we don't want to just grit our teeth and go through trials and tribulations. We want to go through them as more than conquerors. We want to go through them and grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior. So again, a righteous man, a righteous man may have many troubles, but you know what? Troubles are coming, but you and I can be of good cheer. The Lord delivers us from them all. Amen. Now, John 16 and 33, these are the words of Jesus. John 16 and 33, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In Jesus there's peace. Amen? In this world, it's a different story. In this world there's pressures and there's troubles and there's turbulence and tribulations. But he says, take heart, be of good cheer, don't let it get you down, because I've overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome the world, you and I that are walking with Him, we can overcome the world also. Amen. Now, lastly, Genesis 50 and verse 20, because our, our main character here would be Joseph. Some months ago we did a series from the life of Joseph, and this was a, a message or two that we, we left out on purpose. So this is a gleaning from the life of Joseph. And towards the end of the story, he says to his brothers, You intended. You intended. See, a man can have an intention, but God's got another intention. Amen? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish. Underline, to accomplish. You intended, but God intended to accomplish what is now being saved, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. We look at the life of Joseph. And as we said last time, Joseph was unfairly accused, unrightfully incarcerated. But through it all, throughout his time in Egypt, throughout that time in prison, he remained true to the Lord. And that's the most important thing, isn't it? That no matter what twists and turns life takes, no matter what comes at you in the coming year, that you and I stay true to the Lord and keep walking faithfully with our God. And we can glean some helpful principles from the life of Joseph to assist us when we... Um, Face the challenges of our faith. Um, we're going to face some problems in the coming year. There's testings. There's trying times in this walk with God. But God wants us to learn from those that have gone before us. 
the men and women of faith that have walked with God, that we can learn from their experiences, receive instruction from their life, encouragement from their faith, for there are advantages and adversity. Silver linings, we're calling them. Last week, we looked at problems promote opportunities. This week, problems promote maturity. Problems provide opportunities, but problems also promote maturity and problems prove our integrity. Now, next week, Lord willing, we'll finish with problems produce a sense of dependency and problems prepare our hearts for ministry. Last week, problems provide opportunities. We said that God often allows problems in order to provide us opportunities to grow and to learn and to serve others and to experience God in new and fresh dimensions and experiences with God. In fact, we set out many of the great lessons, much of the curriculum of the disciples' training for ministry came in the arena, came in the atmosphere of a problem. There was um, multitudes that were hungry. There were storms that were raging. There was new, no wine at the wedding. And in that background, Jesus taught them about the kingdom. Jesus taught them about themselves. Jesus revealed Himself to them in fresh and marvelous ways. And they learned through those problems. They became opportunities to learn how to walk with God and how to serve God and how to know this great and mighty God. And as the children of God, we need to look for the possibility in our problems. Because God is working. Even when we can't see it or perceive it, those that know the Lord, He's working, He's working. Oh, yes, He is. And we have to learn to see beyond the problem and see the possibility. For the God we serve is not only a God that's great in power, He's a God of possibility. Jesus said all things are possible to Him that believes. And then Jesus went on to say in Mark 10 and 27 when, when he, the people said, who can do this? How can we do this? And Jesus said, listen, with man, this is an impossible thing. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. I want you to know it's possible. God can turn that situation around. God can heal that thing that's been keeping you awake at night. He can reach down into the psyche of a man and set you free from a scar of the past. I've got good news. For someone this morning, the God we serve is greater than your fear and He's greater than your past. The God we serve is a God full of mercy and compassion is grace. He's got a mighty arm that desires to touch you and to help you. He'll lift you up when you're falling down. He'll give you the strength you need when you feel exhausted and ready to fall. Somebody, I want you to know, there is a possibility in that problem because the God we serve is great and mighty and He's mighty to save. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to speak peace to the midst of your storm. And He can work in that situation if you look to Him and look to Him alone. Can you say Amen? Problems, in fact, we said last time are the birthplace of promotion and demonstration of relationships, of revelations, of accomplishments, of discoveries. We said again, people looking for ministry should find a problem and solve it. Many of the MAPS workers, a lot of problems. You found a problem, you solve it. It's your ministry. Find a need and meet it. We get, we get a little weird sometimes with ministry. It's not that complicated. When you see the Good Samaritan and you see the broken life, when you see a need, go ahead. Rise up and meet it. No, it's, that's it. Problems. See the problem as an opportunity 
to make a difference and to be God's instrument. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and see the fields, the needs. They're everywhere. God sends you to the ends of the earth. Go, but you don't have to go that far. Go to Walmart. Go across the street. And you'll see needs. And you'll see burdens. And you'll see opportunities to shine your light and to be God's vessel. And let God show you His grace and power flowing through you. Oh, what a God we serve. What a God we serve. Let us remember that how I respond to the problem and how I trust God in the problem makes all the difference. Response determines effect. Response determines effect. Remember, number one, problems provide opportunities. Opportunities to grow, to learn, to serve others, to experience God in greater measures. And may our great test become great testimonies for our God. All right, let's start now. Number two, this is brand new. Problems not only provide opportunities, problems promote spiritual maturity. Problems are what God uses to build some spiritual depth, some spiritual muscle in our lives. Problems can make us better if we refuse to let them make us bitter. And now bitterness is a possibility. Despair is a possibility when we refuse to face them in faith. When we refuse to trust God with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. When we believe the lie of the accuser. When we accept the condemnation of the enemy. Many times, um, some people find a problem and it's destroyed them. But many have gone through problems trusting the Lord. Standing on the Word. And they've seen the hand of God work wonders in them and through them. And they've come out stronger than ever before. Now Joseph had a vision. He had a dream. He had a calling long before he had the maturity or the ability to make it happen. And before God could use him, before God could use us, Joseph had to be prepared and purified, forged into the leader. He had the potential to become. God used adversity and difficulty to develop, to equip, to perfect his young servant. That's how he works in our lives. The preparation included time to mature him and trials to strengthen him. Time to mature him. He served in obscurity before becoming qualified to lead publicly. And then behind the scenes, and we preached a few messages behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, there was years of maturing and developing the humility, the dependability, the capability he would need to fulfill his dream and to be God's servant. His preparation meant time to mature him, but also trials to strengthen him. For as gold is purified only after it passes repeatedly through the fire, as diamonds are created only under extreme and prolonged pressures, men and women of God are fully formed only through trials and tests. Trials that will deepen them and tests that will develop them and make them stronger in faith and stronger in endurance and dedicated, fully devoted to Christ. He'll ask you, do you love me more than these? Do you love me even though you go through this? Oh, the trials. Let me pause right here. As we go on, because as God wants to develop you, as God wants to develop me, I can't escape that potter's wheel. 
there is a there is a way, there is a purpose of God as He develops us. And if I if I reject that, I'll reject the ultimate plan. But as I go through trials, sometimes in our humanness, maybe we don't do as good as we ought. So let me just pause. Sometimes during the forging of God's vessel, the development of you and I, a person might stumble, a person might fall. Now listen, that will only disqualify you if you either stay down or run back to that old life. In this coming year, if you're going to miss the mark, if you do miss the mark, don't deny it, but don't run back to the world because of it. Instead, come to God, get cleaned up, make a fresh consecration, get up, and march on in the name of Jesus. You might fall, but if you fall, just look up, get up, but don't you ever, ever give up. Can you say amen? Joseph endured much unfair treatment, much unfair suffering for doing good, for doing good. But these things didn't disqualify him or defeat him. Instead, they, because of how he responded, they made him spiritually stronger. They made him readier. They were part of his training and preparation to be God's vessel. In Psalm 105, as we said, we we spent a few weeks on that some months ago. In Psalm 105, it describes Joseph as going through the toughening process of being chained to shackles. And that phrase in the Latin and in the Hebrew can can mean his soul came into iron or iron came into his soul. It was through the trial God actually made him stronger than he's ever been. He developed iron hard faith. When Joseph left that prison, he had become not just a man of greater wisdom and greater courage, a man of a greater strength because of the forging of God. And it was his response to that trial that produced God's maturity and imparted God's ability that he walked in it. Problems are God's way of molding us into maturity, putting iron into our soul so that we can face the adversity and the challenges that lie ahead. Problems, when responded to properly, promote maturity. They bring a depth and a stability and a reality and a sincerity and a consistency to our walk with God. Reminds me of that story. We've told it before when the pastor, he was visiting a parishioner who happened to be a farmer. And he noticed how good the crops looked. And he said to the farmer, he said, man, it looks like you're doing good this year. Everything looks so lush. The, all the plants, everything looks great. And so the farmer's um, words kind of took him off guard. And the farmer said, well, actually, preacher, the, the, these plants, what you see, the corn and all that, they're very vulnerable right now. They're, in a, they're in a, not in a good state right now. And the preacher says, what do you mean? They look great. The rains have been so good this year. He said, that's the problem. That's the problem. He said, Preacher, the rains have been too good. We've had such abundant rains that my whole harvest, they haven't been forced to dig down deep and develop some real roots that go down. So right now, even a small, small lack of rain could be devastating to the entire crop. You see, friends, without struggle and without properly responding to it, men tend to remain shallow. Men tend to remain weak. It's when you never go through something, you don't develop that anchor in the rock of ages. You don't develop that sincere commitment to Christ in the good times and in the bad. But one thing's problems will do for us. It will promote 
and produce in us a spiritual maturity that we need if we're going to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. If we're going to leave the elementary walk with God and go on to a deeper walk and a more useful walk and become a stronger blessing in this world and in the church, we've got to go through some things so God can develop some things. James 1, verses 3 and 4 says it so wonderfully. If you don't have this memorized, it's a good one to memorize. If you're a young Christian, the sooner you learn this, the better. It'll help you with the normal parts of life's trials. And and James 1, 3 and 4 because you know, go to, what, what's, is there a verse before that? The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through trials of many kinds. There it is. Consider it pure joy. He's not saying be laughing about things that are not good. He says, but be able to evaluate them, consider them, reckon them. It's an accounting word. The word count. It's an accounting word. Look at them for the positive things they can bring down the road. It doesn't mean laugh at heartache. It doesn't mean laugh at a trial. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, but look at them through the ends, the long term. Look at them through what they can actually do for you for eternity. And consider it pure joy whenever you face trials, testings of many kinds. And there's many kinds and there's many degrees. But he's saying, be able to look at them, whether it's something God brings or something the devil hurls at you, regardless of the source. Face them knowing that I can grow through this if I trust the Lord through this. Knowing that God can bring me through and work something wonderful in this if I'll just lean on Him and stand firm on His Word. So consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kind. Knowing this, I love that, knowing this, James says, have an understanding about life so it won't frustrate you so much. Have an understanding about the reality of the world we live in so you're not always getting offended by life so much. Knowing this because you know that the testing of your faith... God says, I want you to know something. I allow the testing of your faith to come. I allow your faith to be tested because a faith that can't be tested really can't be trusted. But because you know that the testing of your faith develops. It's, it's producing. It's bringing forth something lasting. It's doing something good in you. God will take that and work something good. It develops a perseverance. And the ability to stick close to God. The ability not to give up on God. The ability to keep walking with God even when it's not easy. Even when the storm is raising. To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But know this. The testing of your faith develops a perseverance. And perseverance is so important because it's perseverance that will bring you and I to a place of maturity and completeness where we're lacking nothing. God says, I will allow the trials that come your way not to defeat you, but to develop you. Not to destroy you, but to elevate you as you trust in Me and cast the care on Me and choose to walk uprightly through it all. God says, I'll take that trial and I'll use it to bring some iron into your soul. Can you say amen? So what happens if I'm always cursing and frustrating every time a problem comes because I don't understand the Bible? Ignorance kills. I wind up sounding like the world, complaining and bickering, and I never grow. I don't grow because I don't understand the ways of God. You getting me? James said, knowing this, James said, I want you to have some understanding. You look at this world, something goes wrong, they want to curse, kick the dog, yell at the wife, hey, you know. That's how the world acts, don't it? That's true. 
And the believer says, no, I didn't want this to come. I'm not glad it came, but it did come, so I'm going to respond in faith. I'm going to walk like a man of God. I'm going to talk like a man of God. And when I get through this, I'm going to believe God's going to make me stronger because of this. Amen? And God's going to show Himself faithful through it all. Can you say amen? Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Problems. Oh, Lord. we got problems. Amen? I mean... Some people call me a problem. I mean, I mean, we problems, brother. I mean, it's part, it's part of life. You, you can't escape problems, isn't that right? You, you can't escape them. Problems number one, they provide opportunities. Problems number two, promote maturity. Problems number three, they prove. It separates, separates. There's a separation. There's a sifting. Problems prove integrity. Hallelujah. Men and women of God are men and women of integrity. When Jesus gets a hold of a life, there is a change. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. There's a new creature. There's a new birth. You know that if you're saved. You're not the person you used to be. You don't do the things you used to do. And when trials come, They prove the reality. I love that story. It was at a men's meeting years ago. And different churches were there. Testimony time. And the one brother got up to testify. I want to thank the Lord. He's been so good to me. He's changed my life. I thank God because of Jesus. I no longer weigh my thumb. Now, his group knew what he was talking about. But the rest of the group looked at him. What do we got? A nut here? That's that's why the preacher never gives that mic away. You never know what they're going to say. And then he, he stopped. Oh, oh, I got, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. We, we got a bunch of churches here. For you men that don't know my testimony, my name is so-and-so. And, and for 30 years, I run, the, I run the butcher department down at such and such place. And before I come to know the Lord, somebody come in. I put your baloney on there. I put my thumb a little bit, just a little bit, you know, a little bit there. I get a little extra money. See, I put a little, you get that ham, you right? Uh, olive loaf. Everybody remember olive loaf? Anybody? I haven't had olive loaf in a while. Amen. Go and put it. He said, but the moment I got saved, something in me changed. Those little white lies, they weren't little anymore. I had to walk in honesty and purity. And I no longer weighed my thumb and cheated people. Out of the in fact, when I saw people come in that I'd ripped off, I threw on a little extra ham, a little extra bologna to make it up for them. Because when you're saved, there is a change that takes place in your life. Can you say amen? Now, problems are going to prove that. Everybody can shout and dance, whoopee, hallelujah, glory to God, when you get a raise. When everything's going your way, I've seen some Christians, they're wonderful when things are going their way. Tell them to come under, oh, Lord, have mercy. When things don't go their way, you think something happened. Isn't that right? You can say amen, you're in church, it's all right. Say amen. You don't have to look at someone and say it, but you can say amen. You can look at me and say amen, don't look at your neighbor and say, that's not, that wouldn't be good for us. Problems prove integrity. Problems proven. You know, Joseph was a man of character, and his character was proven, was demonstrated, was shown as real by the difficulties that he faced. His character was not proven by the dreams that he had, but by the difficulties he faced and how he faced them. Come on. Character wasn't proven by, I got a word from God, that's good. His Character was proven by how he walked through life. The good, the bad, and the... Yeah. Many of you older saints 
you can testify. Your faith has been tried a time or two in this walk. You've gone through a storm or two in this walk. Your faith has been tried and life has not always been easy, but your faith has been proven by the very fact you're still here and you're still praising Him and you're still loving the Lord. Can you say amen? I mean it. Look at back. You can look back at some. They went to Sunday school with you 30 years ago. They're not serving God no more. They, they, they went to church with you back 25 years ago, but something come along the way. Some trial came along the way and they gave up on God, turned their back on God. Oh yes, problems prove who's got the real thing or who's just being religious. And we're going to see this more and more. You know, problems prove us. Like many of us that are going through a basic training. Going through your boot camp. Many of us went through that. It prepared most of the people. But it did prune a few of the people. And those that could not develop, it disqualified. Can you say amen? I got news for you. The Marines aren't the only ones looking for a few good men. I announce Jesus Christ is looking for a few good men that aren't afraid to praise Him in the midnight hour that aren't ashamed of the gospel, that aren't going to give up just when things don't go their way. But they're going to be bold in their faith. They're going to be loud in their praise. They're going to be sincere in their walk. They're going to walk in purity in a very impure world. They're going to walk in honesty in a very dishonest... I'm telling you, Jesus is looking for someone that can go through the fire and be an example to this world about what a real Christian is and what a sincere believer is. Come on, somebody shout with me. Just a little bit. Hallelujah. My studies this week, I came across one writer's thoughts and caused me to pause and search my own heart. After he wrote, Our character should never be altered by our circumstances. That's true. If it's genuine, our character should not be altered by our circumstances. And then he wrote these words. Character can be confused with reputation. But they're not the same thing. Reputation is what others think we are. Character is what God knows we are. He went on to say, Reputation is chiseled on our tombstones, but character is what the angels say about us before God's throne. They see, character, when it's real and genuine, doesn't change as circumstances change. Because circumstances actually are the opportunity to prove its reality and our integrity and our sincerity. Trials and storms prove and test and reveal our truth. I'll never forget this. I learned this years ago. It had to be back back in Syracuse. um, Labor Day storm of 99. Oh, what a storm. I mean, them tornadoes came through. Hurricane winds, we don't get that. Very uncommon there. I mean, we get six foot of snow, but we don't get no hurricane winds. It was, I mean, the whole place was a mess. Uh, it devastated the place. I mean, trees falling down everywhere. Now, I had a tree across the street from that parsonage, and I'm telling you what, it was an oak tree. I mean, two times the size of the one out there. I mean, big, big oak tree. I, I mean, I looked at it and said, if I was ever going to be a tree, that's the tree for me. Amen. 
I'm telling you, I looked at that tree. I said, I like that tree. I mean, um, it, <laughs> it had a whole tenement of black squirrels living in it. Black squirrels. Beautiful thing. They come over the border from Canada. No kid. No, 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 no fence up there. Yeah, they just come right over. Amen. They just came right in. Beautiful things, though. And, and I, you know, I, you're from, you know, if you're from the north, I, one of the things I used to love to do late at night, late at night, you go out there, it's real quiet. Smell the smoke, people's chimneys. Go out and shovel just a little bit. The moon lights off the snow. It's beautiful. And just meditating, thinking to the Lord, praying a little bit. Just out there, but I to look at that tree. Now there's a tree. Well, anyhow, that storm hit. Wow. Devastated the city. Power was gone three, four days. Trees all around that parsonage. Like the angels of God just went like this. Trees everywhere. Nothing touched. Barely a touch on that parsonage. Trees everywhere. Almost, almost blocking us in. But not one touch. As if the angels of God. When I finally got outside, when I finally got outside, when I first thing, no, no, I said, man, I got my cup of coffee, a storm or not, and it right, so I get the grill out. I get that grill out. I'm going to make some coffee. going to do something here. And I finally got out, stepping over the trees, watching, you don't step on a wire, you know, they want to zap you. Need all the hair I can get. Anyway, um, I said to myself, I got, I got, don't, I got to check out that tree. If any tree made it, that tree made it. If any tree looked like Arnold in his heyday, I mean that tree. I went over, brother. It was sawed in half, but then I found out the real truth. When I went over and looked at it, I found out it was hollow. It was hollow. It looked so good. It had an appearance of being so strong, but it was hollow on the inside. Them storms show us what's on the inside, don't they? You can dress real nice. You can talk real. You can, uh, uh, but when the storm comes, we find out what's on the inside. That's right. Ooh, my, my, my. I never forget that. Oh, hallelujah. It was hollow. I didn't believe my tree. It broke my heart. It had been my tree. And it was just severed. And it looked empty. I said, my goodness, did it have me fooled. Never forgot that. Never forgot that. Never forgot that. Problems prove integrity. They prove substance. They prove reality. Isaiah 48 and 10. Isaiah 48 and 10. I'll grab you an Old Testament scripture, many in the New, but there's one we don't look at too often. God says, See, I have refined you, not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I'm not saying to pray for these things. I'm just saying life's going to throw them at you like it or not. So if we understand that God can use these things, I have a better response of faith to go productively and properly through them. Because God says many of these things. I'm telling you, if you study the Bible, and we don't have time to go through it, you'll notice these men of God, oftentimes their enemies did more for them than their friends. Because their enemies forged them by God's hand and forced them by God's hand and actually wound up elevating them by God's hand. Hallelujah. We see throughout the pages of our Bibles men and women of faith who went through all kinds of trials and temptations, temptations, problems, yet they stood firm and they were proven real. They were proven genuine, sincere believers. They had heaven's approval. They had heaven's applause. Hebrews 11 says God was not ashamed. To be called their God. Wow. There's a goal to go for. Amen. I want God to be able to say he's not ashamed to be my God. Amen. Amen. 
Let me remind us of just a few this morning, just, just two or three. May it encourage our faith how men of God were tested and tried, yet they were proven real, and heaven's applause was on them. Job is a familiar story. Job was proven by tears and tragedy, by the trauma of loss of family, of finances, of health. But Job was proven sincere. His devotion to God remained unbending. Satan accused him, but God bragged on him. Hell said he's insincere, but heaven testified there's none like him. He walks upright in the good times and in the bad. Lesser men and women would have backslid and blamed God and put their fist up at God and, and became embittered. But not Job. You remember what he said? After he got those terrible news of all the destruction, all the tragedy, he fell to the ground in worship. Naked I come into the world. Naked I go out. The Lord gives. Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And his life's faith was tested. He was proven. He said, if you read the story, I couldn't find God. I couldn't understand what he was doing. But I could still praise Him and I could still stay true to Him and in the end I could still be proven true in the sight of God. When you go through something, the most important thing, help me to go through it in a way, oh God, that glorifies you. Let me go through this and pass the test. Problems prove a man, whether they're tears or tragedy, whether they're temptations. Joseph, our main character here, he was tempted. He was proven. By the temptress as she tries to seduce him in the area of the flesh, in our purity, in our honesty, our integrity, we'll be tempted. Jesus was tempted. She tried to seduce him. You could hear it in her voice. Nobody will know. Joseph said, God will know. And how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against him? And Joseph stood pure. And Joseph was proven holy. Not only in public, but more than that, in private. It cost him, but it never corrupted him. It cost him prison time. It cost him false accusation, but it couldn't corrupt him. And it couldn't sway him. And in the end, God was pleased with him. And God exalted His servant, proven trustworthy in the sight of His God. Problems prove integrity. May we come through every one of them in a way where God is not ashamed to be called our God. And we go through testifying to the world that what we said in the good times is still true in the bad times. What witness we had when things were going well is still the witness we maintain when all hell is coming against us. Come on, say amen. I want to encourage someone. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. It's challenging in this Laodicean age. It's a backslidden age. It's easy to sway. It's easy to compromise when you got a church that's applauding sin and a church that says it's okay to forget a little here and forget a little there. But oh, God is calling out a people in this last hour. Men and women that are not ashamed of the Gospel. Men and women that say, Lord, I can go through the fire, but I know You're going to go with it through me. I can face the storms of life. I'm not going to say curse God and die. I'll praise You in the good times. I'll praise You in the bad. I'll walk in purity. I'll walk in integrity. Whatever life throws at me. I made up my mind. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I want to be a witness to my world. Hallelujah. The apostles were men proven by the pressures of this world and the persecutions 
that came against them because they stood in obedience to the call of Christ. Warned not to preach, arrested because they preached. Consequences of death like Christ, your faith and your commitment to the Lord Jesus will be tested. Young people, your faith and your commitment to the Lord Jesus will be tested. Old people, your faith and your commitment to the Lord Jesus will be tested. Jesus said, what is the profit of man to gain the world but lose his soul? Nothing is worth your walk with the Lord. Remember those apostles? Oh, they're going to... The fires of persecution burned hot, but these men stood tall. And they said, we must obey God rather than man. And they were proven to be men of courage with an unwavering allegiance and devotion to Jesus Christ. May God find more in this hour. Now as we close, when we face the difficulties of life, and we all face them, let's be reminded from the Word of God that it's an opportunity for God to use us, for God to demonstrate the reality of our character in front of others. Your trial is a great opportunity for God to witness through your life, for God to let your testimony shine brighter, for you to be an example for others that are looking for reality. For you to be an encouragement for others that might be going to face that someday. And they can remember how you did and how God was good to you. Silver linings. Advantages in adversity. Give me your attention. Number one. Problems provide opportunities. Look for the possibility in your problem. Be ready to be God's instrument in your problem. Problems promote spiritual maturity. Don't waste your trials. Be determined to grow in them and through them. Number three, problems prove our integrity. May we be proven genuine. May we pass the tests we will all face in this coming year. Next week, problems produce a sense of dependency. The blessings of abiding. Problems prepare our hearts for ministry. Compassion is birthed. Capability and confidence is birthed. As we open the altar, let's remember there's one problem we all have in common. One problem every human being has in common. The Bible says we're all sinners and we all need a Savior. You know, there's one problem we all have in in a true. Some can't put on weight. Some can't, you know, I mean, we all got different problems except this one. Isn't that right? Ha ah, Some blood pressure here. Some, I mean, we all got different, different problems. One problem we got in common. All sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus is that answer. Well, with this problem, I'm a sinner. I'm guilty before the Holy God. I got a problem. I can't do anything on my own to make myself right. Oh, thank God He sent Jesus. Jesus is the answer, isn't He? He came to solve that problem, didn't He? That's why we had that communion. Because He shed His blood that the problem of my sin and the problem of your sin can be dealt with completely and eternally if you'll just receive it. If you'll just respond to it. So as we open this altar, number one, if your heart's not right with God, if you haven't dealt with the most important, the eternal problem, if you don't know that Christ has forgiven you, 
if you've never received Him personally and sincerely. In just a little while, we'll pray the final prayer. We'll sing our final song, and then we're going to pray at the altar. People will be here praying for various needs, but if you know you've never received Christ, come. If your heart's not right with God, come. You might be a believer, and there might be something the Spirit's been dealing with you. Don't put that off. There might be an area of grieving, and the Spirit wants you to make things right. Start up this new year. Clear conscience between you and your God. Don't shrug it off. Make it right. Come to the altar. God's going to meet with us here. God's going to bless those that respond to the call. You might be here today and you're running from God. In church? Yeah. I've seen people volunteer for different ministries because they're running from the real one God had for them. I've seen people come to church more often because really they were trying to hide from what God was trying to speak to them. You're here today and you've been running from God. God's saying it's time to make it right. It's time to give me your all. It's time for that complete surrender. You're here today and you need a touch from God. I believe He'll heal you. I believe He'll set you free. He is not a man that He should lie. His promises are yes and amen. He's not out somewhere. He's here walking among us. If you need special prayer, someone will pray with you, believe in God to touch you, make you whole. If you want to just come and start the new year off right by making an altar, a fresh devotion to God, a fresh surrender and commitment to God, if you can, get down and do it. If not, do it from your seat. But let's start things off right. Let's start things off right by giving ourselves a fresh commitment to the Lord, asking for a fresh filling. He'll fill you give you a new joy, give you a new peace, give you a new strength to run this race. Amen? He'll give you a new vision. Come to my heart. Come to my heart this week. I wrote it down. And we're going to pray against confusion. That'll be Thursday afternoon. In my heart, I wrote it down. Confusion. Come at, come at me. Got my pen. Start praying. God, spirit of confusion on people. And all that confusion brings. Confusion brings fear. Confusion brings anxiety. Confusion stress. Confusion causes inability to make a decision. You know, confusion. And we're going to believe God. Anyone's battling with confusion, you seek the Lord. He's going to set you free. He's going to make things clear. He's going to make it clear. Stand with me, please. God, we love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that it's your desire to touch your people. We thank you, Lord. That as we respond to the call of Your Spirit, You are faithful to answer us and to touch us and to minister powerfully to us. Father God, we thank You that You are working in our lives. And even though we'll go through some problems and adversity in this life, Lord, we're going to ask You to help us go through them properly. Help us to go through and respond in a way that will please You. To respond in a way that will cause us to grow to be more like Jesus. Help us, Lord, to pass the test. Maybe someone's in a test right now. They're trying to run from it. They're trying to forget about it. But God says, no, 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 no. I want you to face it and I want you to overcome it. And I want you to see me work through it. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to this altar, I pray you'd heal the sick. You'd refresh the weary. Wisdom to the confused. Come against that confusion. Harassing, harassing.
the thinking, the mind. Go! Pray for those that are hungry and thirsty for more of God. But anyone's hungry and thirsty for more of God. The Father, as they seek you, you'll fill them to a fresh measure. You'll grant them a fresh drink from the river of life. Renewing strength. Revitalizing joy and peace and expectation. Father, as we draw near to you, we thank you that you promised you will draw near to us. Touch us. Answer us. Release your power to work in and through us. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, don't wait. Let's come. Let's believe God. Let's expect from God. Let's receive from God. If your heart's not right with God, don't leave until you make it right. We don't know what tomorrow holds. He